0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Yacht Rock Podcast out of the main. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Yacht Rock Pod and get all the goods at YachtRockPodcast.com. John, I was thinking at one point that we would call this episode Brothers from Others' Mothers. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would come clear
1: why, hopefully. I I thought you'd have something more like Shakespearean to say because I figure that If you don't know how to do something, you find someone that does and you copy them, which I know you have something Mm. Shakespearean for that. but uh, This is a serious form of flattery,
0: as it were. So
1: today we want to talk about, um, well, these guys were a uh, driving force in launching my whole concept for page 99. Then when it finally released, it showed up on their social media, and suddenly worldwide I'm getting requests from Italy and France and Japan and all over the place. And not only that, but they were instrumental in inspiring this very podcast, and they may not want to know that, but now that they're here, (laughs) they've heard me say it. From Inside Musicast and Inside Musicast Radio, we want to welcome Rick Such and
0: Eddie Cabello. Hello, everybody. Howdy, guys. Thanks for having us on. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the man speaks the truth, guys. So when uh, long before we even had the idea for the podcast, John and I were getting into this thing called Yacht Rock, and we didn't even know the origins of the term. We just thought somebody somewhere came up with a term to describe what we uh, would otherwise know as West Coast AOR. And the production quality, the genius of the late 70s, early 80s. And it wasn't long into those conversations when John, my brother here and co-host, introduced me to Inside Music Mm -hmm. Cast. He's like, you got to check these guys out. They share our love (laughs) for this era, right? And they are champions of it. And they got this thing called Toto Tuesdays, which we'll get into. (laughs) And so that's why, and I swear to God, Rick, in our very first preparation document we're thinking of what kind of guests could we get on this program and like the second name on there was rick and inside music cast so it's an honor to have you guys here thank you for joining us well
2: yeah thanks for having us we're not like we mentioned before we started here um we're not used to uh, being on this side of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> it's uncomfortable, isn't but- it? <laughs> we, we may turn the tables on you guys and it might be That's go okay. the opposite way. Yep. We might start interviewing you at some point.
1: <laughs> so, so how many years has it been? Inside music cast is an appreciation uh, of what we, It's not, you know, the funny thing is it, it's not just the West Coast AOR, it's just... Uh, I'd like you to explain what the sort of the parameters are for your interest. How many years it's been, and just kind of what the overall umbrella thirty thousand foot view of Inside Musicast is. I don't know which of you want to take that one.
2: Go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, I'm uh, starting. Well, it
3: was uh, we started in 2006, and that's when we launched the, the podcast. And uh, I will have to say something about the significant nature of 2006 because it was barely 2004 that the term podcasting really came to be, you know. And uh, right around that time, uh, Rick will go into a little bit of what we did prior to that that led to Inside Music Cast. Uh, he'll do that in just a couple of seconds. But, and it, but it was 2006, believe it or not, at the same coincidentally at the same time, Steve Jobs had, um, had introduced podcasting and had the ease of podcasting when he introduced and launched GarageBand. Oh, so okay. it was right around that time. And that and then after that, that uh, that demonstration that he had on GarageBand, it exploded and uh, it's grown and grown and grown ever since that. So uh, um, we were there in, in 2006 um, when we had our first podcast in and uh, and a little our first guest was actually part of um, the tech side of
2: this new medium. Rick, wanting to explain what would happen in 2006 with our first guest? Well, you know, like you said, um, we we did start this kind of early in the game, and uh, we were podcasting when podcasting was cool. We've been podcasting when podcasting wasn't cool, and now we're podcasting when podcasting is really cool again. So yeah, it's seen. It's we've gone through all the eras. But our first guest was Scott Page, and uh, Scott is a musician. He's a wonderful sax player. He's, he's done work with Toto. He's been with Pink Floyd. He played with Supertramp and other things. Um, and the reason we had him on as a guest first is because Scott had a technology company called New MBC. I think was the name of the company. And he created a site for Toto that was called the Toto Network. I don't know if you guys ever saw that or remember that, but it was a website. Yep. It was yep. their website, but it wasn't just a website. It was more like what Facebook is now. But he was doing things with a um, uh, with a banned site that no one had really done before, meaning there was a running Facebook – I mean, I'm sorry, a running wall, like message wall, where you could post and you could see, you know, the most current posts. He gave Eddie, me, and Leland Sklar – we were correspondents on the Toto Network. <clears throat> he gave us um, – we had these phones that could shoot video at the time. They were Windows phones. It was before before the iPhone, I think, even came out. It was – and it was pretty low-res video, but we could actually go on location, shoot video, and upload it to the um, to the network. And it would be seen on their site, um, kind of like what we do now. We take for granted now. But at the time, that was really cool technology. And uh, we were doing that. We'd go to Toto concerts or we'd go to other interesting uh, – mostly it was Toto-related. Eddie and I flew to – we flew to different places. We went to New York and posted from there. We went to Atlanta. We went to Toronto. <clears throat> a lot of different places and we're posting content. Uh the band members, Toto band members really didn't participate that much. It was Lee Sklar who really did the majority of it. He really mm. got into it, but anyway, to make a long story short, we took those connections from being on the Toto network uh and we just Eddie and I had breakfast one one uh Saturday morning and I just said to Eddie I said, "You know, I, I would love to start a podcast. I would love, but I don't know, really hmm. know. I, I wasn't really sure like what kind of podcast I knew I wanted it to be music related. And, and I, Eddie was on board too, because we had just met each other a couple of years prior to that. We discovered we had the same love for the same kinds of bands. And, um, and so I, we just decided that maybe it would be a great idea to, um, interview these studio musicians that were in all the liner notes in the seventies <laughs> and eighties, you know, the, yeah. The guys from Toto, for example, and, and you know, even back further than that, you know, like Bernard Purdy and, you know, the the generation prior to that. And uh, so that's what we did. We thought these guys have to have incredible stories to tell. Well, let's get it out of them because, you know, they played with everybody. So that's – that's it wasn't necessarily specifically Yacht Rock. At that time, Yacht Rock hadn't really been – it was close to being coined. The, the guys who created the Yacht Rock um, – Name. Sort of
1: 2005, but I'm not sure if it got well known. <coughs> right, yet. Right? Yeah, it was J.D. Riznar. Yeah. It was more of a right.
2: It was more of a social media sort of, you know, whatever it was. It was like I can't. It's Channel 101 or what was the name of that network? It was something like that. It wasn't YouTube, but it was some kind of network where video was being loaded. The too.
1: 101 part is right. Yeah, I don't recall what the other is. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I did notice uh, when I was looking at uh, your website and. I have a history, my sort of day job for a long time was sort of what Rick's is, which is sort of working in an audio post uh, recording studio, doing uh, whether it be commercials, radio spots, TV spots, sometimes it's promos and stuff like that. And it's in the advertising field and Eddie comes from the other side, the advertising side. And you have an interesting story of how you got together. Because if anybody knows anything about that world, is that the engineer guy and the client guy don't always see eye to eye. So tell who would like to tell that backstory. That's a great story.
3: Well, you know, owning an ad agency, and this is I'm going to age myself a lot, but you know, I started in advertising in 1980. This is my 42nd year in this business. And uh, now as a creative director, all these years, there was a time when I basically used to, gee whiz, of course, produce a lot of radio, a lot of direct, a lot of film, that type of thing. Well, when we moved to Indy in 89 from Texas Market, um, you know, we started, I opened up my own firm and... uh, there you go. The first thing is that I need a network of guys to, to work with, from shooters to, to audio engineers. You know the advertising story. You know those that are into ad game uh, know exactly what it is. But back then in the 90s, um, you know, it was very analog. You know, it was very analog. and But you needed good, good people to, to work with. So to produce our audio posts and that type of thing, I crossed paths with Rick. And I think we basically started working on radio stuff uh, that we were writing, and he was—he uh, basically recorded, engineered it, and we've been working ever since. Um, but it's, it's been a great relationship and great, great friendship, and we still work together occasionally. Wow.
0: And you struck up a conversation over your mutual love of music, right, and quickly hit on the fact that you both love Toto and Steely Dan, right, for example? It was
2: Toto, I think. Yeah, Which I think is, initially the, the – I think – I don't know. I think we were – doing a session together. And I mentioned my love for Toto somehow. I don't know if it was if I was going to a show and it just sparked it, I think it pushed Eddie's buttons, and <laughs> the rest is history.
3: <laughs> it it really is. You know, we always like to joke around that everybody's got like their own center of the universe. If you had this little revolving thing called music, and everybody, you know, we we all probably have very eclectic tastes when it comes down to music. We listen to everything, but at the very center, what is it? And it comes down to Toto and Steely Dan and and those those kinds of of bands that represent a certain level of musicianship.
1: Right there is the center of the Yacht Rock universe. We, we, add, we talk about Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins a lot because those are the front pieces, but there's always that argument that Kenny and Michael are Yacht Rock, but really the core
0: is Toto and Steely Dan. Right, Tom? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, with some uh, Christopher Cross kind of floating around the harbor. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So speaking of Yacht Rock, anyone that listens to our show I think would absolutely love everything that's going on over at Inside Music Cast. And there's, of course, much more than simply Yacht Rock. Um, But how would you describe the two of you what it has evolved into? Because now it is much more than a podcast. It's one-part podcast. There's an internet radio station, Inside Music Cast Radio there's this it's almost like a YouTube channel because you have a lot of your interviews are conducted over video and um it's like one part community this is quite something that you've built and is it much more beyond what you thought it would ever evolve into
2: yeah I I think so because um I think the one thing that um I have always appreciated in terms of his growth are the people who help us with the show um our correspondents um we've got you know, it's a total of 10 people that, that you know, or, or maybe it's 11, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> it's 11 total, uh, Eddie, myself, and nine correspondents. And they're all spread out in different parts of the country and a couple people over in Europe as well. Um, so just and, – and it's like how did we even manage to, to, to get those people to join us? It, it wasn't for the – it wasn't that we went out and searched for them. They heard our show somehow. And they wanted to be part of it, and so, and all of the people that are have been with us have almost been with us from the start. We added a few people, a few, probably five or six years in, like Don Brightup from uh, the Monkey House Band, who you guys know about. He's he's a he came in. I don't know. I actually I don't remember when they came in, but um, but uh, but yeah. I mean, Scott Sheriff is also another musician who's been with us for a long time. He plays in Carrie Underwood's band. From a Yacht Rock perspective, he's also uh, toured a lot with Kenny Loggins. And I think he may have done a little work with Richard Marks, too, on occasion. So um, he's he's a really talented guy. But we've got, you know, like Brian Pearson's been with us since since day one. Kim Riley's been with us since day one. Uh, Scott Gross, uh, Mikhail Engstrom, uh, Loretta Sassaman. We've got Arnaud Legere in France. Yinka uh, Oyelese Oly- is in uh in the Boston area. Um, Who who am I missing here? It's hard to do this off the top of my head. (laughs) Loretta Sassaman is in, in Seattle. I don't want to leave anybody out. (laughs) I know, (laughs) (laughs) but they all, they all contribute content. And that's what is, is, is really important because uh, I think really the heart of, of the message that we get out is through our Facebook page. We've got a lot of followers on our Facebook page. Um, And uh, so that's, you know, and we do, we do a lot of content there too. We try to keep music news flowing, um, everybody does. Everybody has a week, and they do uh, their pick of the day, which is a feature that we do every day. It, it gives the the correspondents and us an opportunity to, to, you know, kind of put out into the world what we're thinking about musically, what's what's inspiring us, what's sparking us. So um, I, the the radio station Inside Music Cast Radio has been that's running for about four or five years, and basically that's just a place where we play music that is. In relation to the guests we've had on the show and other music that, uh, you know, that kind of corresponds, you know, other artists and stuff. And it has a fair amount of listeners on a daily basis. And you mentioned Toto Tuesday, I think. Yeah, every single Tuesday for 24 hours straight, we run. It's all Toto all day. (laughs)
1: I highly encourage people to go out you can get the app which is the Inside Music Cast Radio app or you can listen online however you prefer to to link in and a couple of real quick backstories is that when you were running some sort uh of, well it was probably your regular programming I heard a state cows song and that was the moment that I realized That what I had in the back of my mind for page 99, this whole, this music that I grew up on that I wanted to make. Suddenly I saw State Cows and I couldn't tell if it was new or if it was old. So I had to go and look it up because it was such a strange name, State Cows. And I discovered that it was a new band out of Sweden doing this. And suddenly my mind opened to the whole idea of it being a viable thing, even if it's a niche, but it being a viable thing to do today. So that was number 1. And number 2 was I was listening on not a toto to it was like a Jeff Porcaro tribute where you were yeah. playing all the stuff that he's played on outside of Toto, all right. the session work that he did. Yeah. And Dwayne Ford loving and losing you came across and I had <laughs> never heard that before. Oh, okay. And that that was one of the big impetuses, if that's even a word, (laughs) to push me into... to discovering... (laughs) Don't... Careful. Uh, That that was one of the things that really pushed me into going back and trying to discover some of the -the under-the-radar artists from back in the day that I missed along the way, Mm -hmm. and that eventually led us to doing this podcast. So those... So what other... I know you do the Toto Tuesday. I know you have the Steely Dan weekends. You've done that, as I said, the Jeff Percaro Tribute. Are there other theme days, theme weekends that you do as well? Oh, you mean
2: on the radio station? Yeah. Oh, uh, we've had a—I don't do too many of them. We've got the Toto Tuesday. Um, In the past, we've done a Chicago, uh, like, marathon for an entire weekend. Uh, We've we've done Genesis, Journey, uh, Steely Dan, The Police— Um, There's some more. I was thinking last, oh, we've done a Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald and Christopher Cross weekend. We do that sometimes too, where we play music from, yeah, there's your, there's your Yachty weekend. Um, (laughs) And uh, by the way, it sounds like every, by the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but do you know why they named the band State Cows? No. If you take the letters And we had them on and we didn't think to ask. Yeah you know, when you take the when you take yeah. the letters and you unscramble them and, and move them around, it, it basically are the letters of of the term West Coast.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh my god. I thought it was going to spell inside music act. No. <laughs> no. Not quite. <laughs> not quite. Wow,
0: that's really cool. Oh, how how could we not ask them that when we talked to them, Tom? I mean, that's the coolest thing since I deciphered that uh Young Gun Silver Fox, that their Twitter handle is West End mm-hmm. Coast. Yeah. And they named it album West End yeah. Coast. Like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. West.
3: You know, it's 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 um We're all in the niche, you know, what you guys are doing, Mm -hmm. what we're doing. It started off as a, a as a niche and this niche has just really expanded. And now it's got such a neat, cool trend that's reintroducing music in which young people even now are going to these yacht rock, you know, Uh, tribute band concerts or shows that were, you know, the new stuff. And they think it's all really brand new music. So in a way, what we're doing is a service to keeping this music really evolving. Um, So and, and, you know, there's so many podcasts and so many people that are doing this type of thing that there's enough space. That's a great thing about this. You know, inside music cast, we've been doing this for a long time, but you guys have been doing this for a while now. So it's there's space. And uh, you can see, you know, a lot of sharing of information you know yeah. when we started out absolutely when we started out our shows were predominantly oh, half an hour max remember that rick yeah you know it, they were yeah. not really yeah. that long but then as the years went on people were telling us why didn't you ask him about this or why didn't you ask <laughs> this person about this well oh you forgot to ask him this and we said st- "That's
1: happening to us yeah. yeah
3: and by the time you know it the podcasts are lengthening and lengthening and to the point that we now classify ourselves as we're long form podcasting. And uh, because most of our interviews are so in depth, they take so much homework for us to research this that we end up with, uh, if we're lucky, 45 minutes, but normally
0: an hour long now, just to give our listeners a sense for the type of and the caliber of guests. I'm just looking at your site. So some recent guests include Jim Messina, I'm just going to hit on the Yachty ones. Uh, Burley Drummond of Ambrosia and his talented wife, Mary Harris. Larry Carlton. Bob James. Dash Crofts. That name should sound familiar. I mean, so... If you like anything about what we do, you're going to like it even more on steroids over at Inside Music Cast. So to your point, Eddie, it's like, you know, I see even a lot of these internet radio stations, some of which syndicate our podcast, they collaborate and they don't compete so much because I agree with you. I think it's such green field because there's every day there's more people discovering what this is and it becomes like a mutual celebration. Well, we even asked that to, I think it was Burley uh, when we talked to him
1: and it was that back then, back in the day, Ambrosia was competing with Player, say, for airplay, record sales, whatever. But now they're doing shows together with Peter Beckett. So we've gotten past that point of competition to a point where it's a community thing, and it's all the better for it.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a gray line that sometimes we've, I've, you know, we've all done the research on yacht music and and yachty uh, sounds. But I don't. Maybe you agree with me. Maybe you don't. But I've always seen this line right between the 77 and 79. You know, anything like I've always thought that past 1979... It starts getting yachty because that's when Michael McDonald starts coming in, the Doobies and Kenny. But right before that, in 77, we have Rumors and, you know, Asia mm-hmm. being, and those aren't that yachty. That, it, it started transitioning yeah. to a more yachty sounds, which, you know, we all know what that means. But, but there's that, that line. And we take, at uh, Inside Music Cast, we just take, a, every time we look at our guest list, Honestly, sometimes me and Rick are, we're in awe of the guys that we've been able to talk to because this is <laughs> yeah, a lot of work too. to sometimes, can you imagine way back then to do cold calls to, you know, to, to Al Giro or Tom yeah. Canning or Stuart Copeland or these guys or whatever. And over the years, we're just really, you know, just very, uh, how should I say, fortunate. That we've been at it long enough times, that enough years, that they're approaching
2: us now on to 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 interview. So it's sort of fun. <laughs> to what Eddie just said there a second ago about the people we've spoken to, it goes back to our first um, little breakfast meeting when we came up with the idea for Inside Music Cast. It's like, yeah, this is a great idea, but then I, we looked at each other and we thought, who the hell is going to talk to us? You know, who are we? <laughs> you know, because podcasting wasn't really there weren't that many podcasts out there. And we kind of, we thought that we kind of got on the the forefront of an idea that nobody had really explored yet interviewing these studio musicians for a podcast. And uh, I don't, we re-researched and we really couldn't find anything like that at the time. So that's why we plowed forward with it, but we thought who's going to talk to us. But it was that, you know, Scott Page was an easy first uh, guest to have because we already had a relationship with him. I think our next guest Eddie found was Keith Thomas uh, out of Nashville and then uh, and I think we had Lee Sklara. And so it just kind of snowballed wow. from there. And, and some of the guests liked what we were doing. And they were like Jeff Lorber, especially. Jeff Lorber uh, has been a huge supporter of our show. And he's uh, gotten us in touch with a lot of people like Jimmy Haslip and a lot of the people kind of in that circle of, of musicians that we've spoken to over the years. So, yeah, it was just one of those things where who's going to talk to us to 270 episodes later? you know,
1: and <laughs> 16 years of doing this. In our first few episodes, we just talked to each other. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but That's you awesome. guys,
1: you know, going back to, you say you had the breakfast meeting. We had probably a barbecue meeting with beers out in Tom's backyard. We tell that story all the time. But <laughs> we, in that meeting and in that early brief, I guarantee it says that Inside Music Cast was the bar that we were going to measure ourselves by and what we hoped to achieve. Well, wow. thank you very much. Really nice. And you. then
0: we realized we couldn't we couldn't do that, so we just gave up on that and said, well, let's just make some <laughs> shtick. <laughs> so here we are. You got any good jokes? Us this far. <laughs> well, let's talk to each other about Yacht Rock, and if anyone tunes in, God love them. And, uh, it's, in some ways, there is some truth behind that. Is we just... We wanted similar to you. We had this idea for a podcast. Is anyone going to listen? Who knows? But we know we love it. And we've been blessed because people have come along for the ride. And to your point, like we could get people on from the era and they are enjoy talking to us. It's yeah. crazy for yeah. us to think about. But it's all I think if you do it in celebration of something, people are going to jump aboard. Right. right. And that's what our whole plan is. So, um, OK, well. We wanted to talk a little music with you guys. Yeah, we should. Um, so who better? And I, if you've ever listened to our podcast, we have something called The Lightning Round. Yes. But for this episode, because we're talking to brothers from others' <laughs> mothers about uh, music, we wanted to do a mini lightning round with you, put you guys on the spot, ask you some quick oh questions, No think, just oh answer, boy. and we're going to fire them off. And then if you guys want to challenge those, that's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, You each get to have, uh, have a response, but you can't hem and haw about it. What comes to mind, this is sort of like the word association when you're in seeing your psychologist, mm-hmm. if you do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you do. I, that's probably TMI. But anyway.
2: It's been a long day in the studio. I hope
1: my brain it can has. function here. <laughs> these are easy. These We're are not these testing are you. These are opinion.
0: These are purely yeah. opinion when it's not trivia. All right, let's So, do it. Tom, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, uh, first question goes to Eddie. It'll go to both of you, but we'll start with Eddie. Um, just answer, don't think. Favorite deep cut Toto tune? Uh, um,
3: is it. Uh, um, Is is it uh, what's the name of the Rick Mufanga or Mushanga? Oh, yeah, Mushanga Mushanga.
0: Mushanga.
1: Oh, yes, that's a good. We'll get to the, my response on that one. Go ahead, Rick. What
2: you got? I think I have two. Um, one, is, okay. one is White Sister. I've always been a huge fan of that song, and I was really wow. happy to see them put that in the set on yeah. their tour here with Journey uh, in Journey here recently. Um, I saw them do that song live in Las Vegas probably 20 years ago with Bobby Kimball, and it, just, it was just awesome. The energy was off yeah. the chart on that tune. Um, the other is... Uh, I really love A Better World, parts one, two, and three. I love that tune. I like the progressive nature of that tune.
1: Tom, you got one? Are you going to answer the question, Tom? Oh, jeez. Oh, Don't say Africa. Uh,
0: (laughs) Wait, who's that? Um, All right, I'll answer while you think. No, I'll defer to you. You can answer for me because what was the name of the song? It was from a later. uh, Well, if I answer for you, you'll be right, so that's good. I'll be right. It's the total song, and it's rocking, and near the end they go into this thing that sounds like uh, 99. Oh, that was um, uh, Tale of a Man from the XX. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tale, yeah, of, yeah. A cool. Tale okay. of a Man. a man.
1: Yeah, mine, I'm a huge fan, going back to what Eddie was saying, of uh, I can go on and on and on about the seventh one album. So I could have picked Home of the Brave off that, which isn't really a deep cut anymore because they play it at all their shows. But Only the Children would be my pick. Only the Children.
2: Good pick. I'll, I'll throw a thousand years in there too. That's always yeah. been a, a very, fa- a very favorite tune of mine from Tony. You know,
1: I read where Jeff said that's the one and only time he played the true Purdy Shuffle. Really? On that tune? Yeah, uh-huh. that's according to him. That was in his book. But, that's, yeah, uh, that's right. All right. So the next one is similar. Uh, since you do Steely Dan weekends, a fave <laughs> deep cut Steely Dan track. Boy, that's
0: that's really hard. Um, uh, I have a hard time figuring out where the line is for exactly. cut on Steely yes. Dan.
1: Well, they can't be on the Greatest Hit, so I guess beyond that, if it <laughs> wasn't on Gold or on uh, a Decade of, then I guess it's all up for grabs.
2: I'm stumped on this one. This is really difficult because Steely Dan, in my mind, is God. I, I love everything they do so equally. I know it's Same just with me. there's nothing that there's there's no snoozers.
1: There's no separation. Except the one but song
2: I can't stand from Steely Dan, and it's the only one I'll ever skip, is East St. Louis. Toodaloo. <laughs> 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 All right.
1: That's the say, I'm <laughs> saying. All right. All right.
2: All right. All right. The, the, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. And, it, and it's and actually, it's a song that I like as a deep cut, but it's also one that I thought translated so well live, and it's Night by Night. It's a Vegas lie, said the queen
0: of Spain, but don't tell it to a boy. I knew that. That was He's going On and on and about that. Plays song. The drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All
3: right, Eddie. I'll have to go with something that's almost familial because it involves my family. Uh, I've got two grown daughters, and but when they were little girls, we used to play "Gaucho," the just the title track. And I remember my little girls singing, "Who is that gaucho, amigo?" Standing there in his, you know, Star Spangled, and his elevator shoes, his elevator yeah, shoes, and they'd be I wearing don't. their elevator shoes. So they would dress up like this gaucho, and parade around, and we'd play the song, and Dad would say, you know, they'd say, Dad, you know, play gaucho. So so they dress up and. <laughs> okay,
1: I know it, it's all right, it's bad. gaucho it is.
2: I want to say one thing about about Steely Dan and they were the band that I think there were two things I, I love jazz and there were two Elements, or I guess you could call it different elements that really got me into jazz when I was a kid that were, really sparked my attention. And one was the song Ricky Don't Lose, that number, because that came out when I was, mm. I don't know, four or five years old. The other one was Peanuts music, Any, you know, like the music from the Ooh, cartoon, the Peanuts the uh, from yeah. geraldi But those those were really introductions, you know, to jazz for me at an early age, and I think that's what snowballed it for me. But anyway. Mm. <laughs> Interesting.
1: Well, i got to give you my picks here. so. Okay. Uh generally I go back to Kings from the first album. That, mm. that is deep, deep, deep mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh I love that one. Yep. And uh your gold teeth too, True. only because right. they went back and revisited and yeah. made it even deeper. So yeah. Yeah. Good I pick. love those two. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> gold teeth and see how they roll. The they
0: reveal. Life is unreal.
1: Tom, you want to ask this last one, or should I set this last one up?
0: Well, there's there's two more. Oh, yeah, there is. All right, there's I'll the- take this one then S-
1: about the guitar. So somebody posted in our Yacht Rock group, and I don't know if you guys uh, are lurkers in there, but somebody posted a question that on the surface I thought, oh, that's going to be an easy answer. And then the longer I sat with it, the harder and harder it got. So I guess I should uh, recommend you answer quickly. They asked, who has which guitarist has the best clean tone just general in the world <laughs> Yeah, well that was As the a question rule. and so i don't know how to take it but uh,
0: what's your response what do you what comes to mind i'll give you my answer if it helps my yeah. time okay uh, and th- the first thing that came to mind might be wrong but i'll just throw it out there is for whatever reason dean parks came okay. to mind but then i thought all right who is the most prolific clean tone player maybe not the best tone now you're getting there uh, I went with Grant Geisman. Yes. That's who I
1: had. Brilliant. Geisman's
2: yeah. a good answer. I yeah. was actually gonna say maybe even Jay Graydon. Um
0: it is it could it be Lukather too? You
2: know, I was I was gonna s I Lukather's an easy answer for me, and I didn't want to say Lukather, but but right. you know, that's a guy that can just do it all. And and right. you know, he can yeah. he can he can generate such a clean tone, but then he can, you know, go heavier and it generate an even clean dirty tone
1: <laughs> yeah because a lot of that stuff <laughs> a lot of that stuff like human nature he talked about plugging directly into the board so i mean it doesn't yeah. get cleaner than eddie do you have a thought on it
3: well the thought is that we end up choosing guys that are almost chameleons luke is a chameleon yeah. but these guys that have been in the business for so many years they can play anything in any style in any place yeah okay yeah so mm-hmm. keeping that in mind my choice is a sessionist for a long, long time. It's under the—he's under the radar—and I go to James Hara. It's—it's—it's um, hmm. it's, it's not a
1: predictable yeah, pick. you have to educate us on who that is. Oh, you're James, not familiar with
3: James? Oh, you guys should. Check no, him out. yeah, yeah. You need to talk to him. You actually do. He's yeah. one of the cleanest. He has the, some of the the most feely music that. Uh, in uh, hooks and things that he's been around LA forever. But he, like I said, he's under the radar. And there are a few of these guitarists that are under the radar that are phenomenal because they can play anything at any time and they're always on call. Another one, my number two will have to be uh, probably Dan Huff. Oh. Mm.
0: His name's come up a lot recently.
1: Yeah, wire yeah. choir man, the second uh, wire choir man. Well, maybe third. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where he sits on the wire choir uh,
0: hot list. But
1: uh, yeah, yeah, we love Dan. Huff. I'll
2: tell you a little bit about James Hera. Is he okay. was he was um, he was uh, with Ricky Lee Jones for quite a while and oh, played played right. a lot with her. He also uh, he also played uh, he also toured with Madonna, played with her as well. Um, mm. But he's done tons and tons of session work. Interesting. Well. All right, mental don't made. We can, we can connect you with them. Okay. Yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah.
0: We'll just go down your entire list and connect with of them. <laughs> There's like 265 of them that we haven't talked to. Oh. My God. <laughs> oh. Uh, All right, so last question before we let you guys go, because we know that Inside Music Cast certainly is much more than Yacht Rock, much more than West Coast, much more than late 70s, early 80s. Um, So check out the radio station, for one, and check out the interviews because you'll get all sorts of education and entertainment. So this question is not relegated to the era, a time frame, a genre, anything at all you want to answer. One artist who we are not listening to but should be. Like the one you just mentioned. Oh, mine's easy.
2: I can answer that. That makes you go first. Um, uh, and maybe you are listening to him, but if, for those who aren't, I, I just saw Jacob Collier in concert this past weekend for the first time. And I did a week ago. Did you? And I was, I don't know what you thought about the show, but I was just, I messaged Eddie during the show and I said, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of this guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, to yeah, me, I saw
1: your raving videos, yeah. T-
2: to me, he reminds As I'm standing there watching the show, and I'm watching what he's doing, and I'm, you know, from from just his vocal prowess, you know, to his ability to hop, his stage was like a playground, and he just, it was like his room, because, you know, he basically started making music in his room, and his mu- if you've ever seen photos of his studio in his home, he, he has everything in there, Every, any instrument you can think of, but just watching him on stage, he'll... He'll go from playing this beautiful thing on the piano and then hop over and do a percussion solo with his drummer or percussion like duet with his drummer. And then he'll hop over and pick up a bass and start playing it. Then he'll pick up a, an acoustic guitar and just play these beautiful riffs. And he's doing this just all just on the fly, just fluid. And it's, I'm just, I'm just mesmerized by him. He, he's, he is unbelievable. Yeah. I hate guys and like only that. only
0: about <laughs> yeah. Well, he's only in his early he's 20s. 27 he's 27 years old. Long. He's he's yeah. been nominated
2: for 9 Grammys. He's won 5. And wow. i worked with Quincy. Uh, yeah, he's worked with Quincy and I, he's worked with a lot of people already and it's just I mm-hmm. can't wait to see what else he does because he's just mm, yeah. he's brilliant. Great mm-hmm. pick. Great pick. Mm-hmm. Eddie? Wow, mine
3: is a little it's it's going to be unexpected because it has a little bit to do with um you know, maybe you guys have noticed on your podcast as to where the audience is really coming from. In midway through Inside Musiccast, at least through our tenure, <clears throat> we felt an incredible growth with what's happening in Norway, Sweden, Copenhagen, the you know the Danish countries, and there I felt we have fallen in love with the music that's coming out of there. You mentioned State Cows, but we yeah. can't uh, we can't. You know, say enough about artists like Ule Borud, um, mm-hmm. Lars, DK, uh, Andreas Aleman and, Yeah, Andreas yeah. Aleman These guys are so so good at what they do, and they're so. I know who like, you're going to say Eddie. What's I that? I know who you're going to say. Tell I know me. who you're going to say. Go okay, ahead. tell me. You know, go ahead and pick it. Go try to I'm guess write, it. I'll
2: write it down, and you All say right. it. And then I'll show okay. it. I'll show you what my answer is. Go ahead. Okay. It's like a
3: this game like show. Yeah, he's today. playing yeah. a game with me.
0: I'm not playing your game. I'm playing
3: with, I'm playing with John and Tom, Rick. Yeah. Okay. Now it's a lightning round. within a lightning round. This is horrible. Round. It's
2: like the turducken of lightning rounds. I told you I would steal the. I'd steal thunder in the interview process. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Right. Sorry. And the actual real answer is? is
2: honestly I don't know what you wrote. I. I well, you, you got to tell me and then. I'll so I'll let you know if I'm right or not. Honestly, it was going to be Lars DK. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, who, that's, that's not write. who I wrote.
3: Who did you write? Quint Starkey. Quint Starkey. Oh, oh. yes. <laughs> Quint Starkey is one of the. Oh yeah. uh, Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you guys got to get Quint on because he does such mm. a beautiful job with his music, whether live or recording. He's uh, good. And um, we were very fortunate to me and Rick. What is it? Two years ago, Rick, or, or two, three years? We flew out to Stockholm.
2: Almost. Yeah. Uh, two and a half years ago.
3: Yeah. We went to Stockholm for a, uh, a Pages tribute. Uh, in which Ooh, Mikhail Ingström, yeah. one of our correspondents there, um, he helped promote, and we couldn't do anything without him. He's he's so great. He put it all together, yeah, yeah. But we we're able to meet a lot of these guys, and we fell in love with what's happening over there in the Nordic countries, Sweden specifically, but Copenhagen, Finland. It's the, it, beautiful things are happening over there musically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tom. What's absolutely. your answer to the question, or should I go first?
0: Doesn't matter. You want to go first?
1: I can go briefly. I just, um, you know, that my other love outside of this stuff is the sort of new wave synth pop stuff of the early 80s. I mean, I created Mm -hmm. another artist moniker, uh, Mr. Radio, based off of that. Um, And I think that what, even though these, Artists had maybe big hits along the way. In a lot of ways, they were maybe gimmicky hits. I don't think that people have gone back and realized how deep their albums are from top to bottom. So somebody like Cutting Crew, we've talked about. Flock of Seagulls, Go West. Uh, China Crisis is another one. But Talk Talk is one. When you get to their later experimental years, you get into Color of Spring. You get into Spirit of Eden, Laughingstock. Uh, yeah. It's like... I don't know what how to describe it. It's Pink Floydian, but you, it's such a it's like Miles Davis meets Pink Floyd. So I, I, that's Ooh, about the best I can do. That's a
3: that's a nice. wonderful pick. Talk yeah, talk yeah. is the.
0: Nice. I was just playing yeah.
3: that album, the one with the butterflies on it. It might have been their their debut album, uh, just a couple of days ago on vinyl. It's that they're just amazing. Good sound.
0: Great pick, but unfortunately, it's been disqualified oh. because Eddie is listening to that artist, <laughs> and it's supposed oh. to be an artist we're not ah, listening to. You I guys. got you. Sorry. Wah, wah, wah. Okay. You've got a uh, lovely version of the home game waiting for you backstage. <laughs> Good. What do you got? All right. What can I disqualify <laughs> from you? Now that I've led <laughs> with my chin. Um, so my love outside of West Coast, Yacht Rock, and this whole sort of genre is... Uh, completely not yachty at all. But, John, you know I have a passion for what used to be called alt-country. Right. I don't know if that's still a thing. in that post-depression but, thing? Yeah. Whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it, it's evolved over the years, but um, I can't get enough of that. It can't be too country, and it can't be too alternative. It's got to be this middle ground. And I've referenced on our show a band called The Wild Feathers. Yeah. Who is out of Nashville And it sounds like they grew up Listening to the Eagles And Poco's Indian Summer album And decided to replicate that That's not my artist (laughs) They are a gateway though To this new band So first of all If you're not listening to the Wild Feathers Go check out their first album And you will fall in love And then you'll thank me for it And then we'll have a nice talk I'm writing it down (laughs) But I've recently discovered it, uh, an offshoot, so this is my bonus. Ooh, okay, because I've been looking for something else that sounds like Wild Feathers, and I've discovered it. They're called the Dirty Governors. <laughs> oh, I've heard, I forgot. Yeah, I know them. <laughs> I haven't heard. Oh they're out of Lexington. They're really good. All right. So if you love one, you'll love the other, and vice versa. So that, those are my picks. All right,
2: got those down. Cool. I'll throw out a band that maybe you're not familiar with that you guys could check out too, because I'm definitely. I wrote down the Wild. F- Feathers, but if you haven't heard of the band The Silver Seas, yes. I would definitely mm. check those guys out. It's Daniel Toshian's band. He's out of Nashville. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's uh, they've got about four albums, and I think you'll enjoy them.
3: I want to say I want to say one thing. It, it's so it's so um, uh, satisfying when on Inside Music Cast when we dig up a little of what we call gems. These gems that are so far under the radar, and you throw them out there, and everybody. Over the years, they say, thank you. We would have never discovered this, never discovered this. And that's another thing that we do over all these years is is we have a full staff that is always digging for golden nuggets. And let's face it, we, we don't do this full time as our livelihood. We have full time right. jobs. So what we're doing and probably what you're doing, it takes a lot of time. Um, but mm-hmm. we're dedicated to it, and we have been for a while, and and we'll see what the what the future holds for us, you know? Preach
0: Brother Eddie, yes. Absolutely, yep. We do it for the love of the game, yep. Well, so, brothers unaware, Rick, Eddie, John, yep. Tom, Yep, it was awesome getting to meet you guys finally. Inspiration for this podcast. Make sure you check out Inside Music Cast at InsideMusicCast.com, right? That's and one get the radio slide. app, right? Get the radio app, follow him on Facebook, and uh, you'll thank us later. So thank you, guys. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks yeah. so much, guys. It's been Tom. fun. Thank you, guys.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it turns out maybe I should have called the episode Brothers from Others' Mothers. You're not kidding. I mean, we got Rick and I share the same uh, Steely Dan deep cut favorite, such that it is a deep cut. Yeah. And here you go deep diving into Talk Talk, thinking you're all that, and Eddie Cabello's uh, tracking right with you the whole time. Yeah, and not
1: to mention that we were kind of all on board with the Geisman thing, so. Um,
0: interesting, though. Huh? Well, that was fun little uh, pre-lightning round, but should we get to the actual lightning round? The real deal. Let's hit it. All right. I'm going first because much to my surprise last episode, I pulled out something that I knew did not float anyone's boat, and mm-hmm. that was Just the Way You Are by Billy Joel. Yeah, but it still was interesting conversation surrounding the sonics of that. So anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, and we got quite a bit of listener feedback that they thought it was actually something that should float people's boat, and then mm. we put too much emphasis on the East Coast sound and all that stuff. So I'm going right back to it then. <laughs> Because you know how I enjoy positive feedback. Uh Um, Not the slow part, certainly. But isn't there a little bit of bounce in Billy Joel's The Stranger?
1: For a minute, I thought you were going to ask about We Didn't Start the Fire or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That would be uh, a Trojan horse lyric.
1: Yeah. Well, that one's kind of, Stranger's kind of funky now that. I don't hear Yacht in that, but I think you're just pulling my leg at this point,
0: right? Pulling my anchor. No, I'm going to put it to the people again. So, people, tell me what you think about that tune. Go listen to it, then tell me... uh is it worthy of being on the dinghy? One of our listeners thought that Just The Way You Are at least deserved a spot on the dinghy. So,
1: Well, you had uh, Just The Way You Are on the dinghy. I think you're going to come back with a 50-50 uh, batting average after this.
0: We'll see. Just we'll my, see. Okay. I will put it to the people. Did I mention that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you got? Well, this is uh, – we talked about possibly
1: doing an episode where we re- uh, sort of revisit – all of the mistakes we've made in the past, to kind of highlight our learning curve. You know, it's all a learning curve. And along the way, our opinions of, or at least our understanding of what Yacht Rock is, has changed. Uh, Certainly some things that we swore to early on have turned out to be entirely untrue. And we kind of want to revisit that maybe. But early on, I believe this was when we had maybe John O'Grady on from uh, Milwaukee Yacht Rock and the Hot Shots. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Quite well. That was pretty early on. Um, And one of the songs that he presented us with, I believe it was either Buried Treasure or probably in the Yacht or Not section, as it was called at the time, Now Float Your Boat. So I want to go back and I want to revisit this one and kind of, I think I remember what we said at the time, but let's revisit this one. This is China Crisis. You Did Cut Me. Okay, just to reset a couple data points on that one. It's 1985. The album was called Flaunt the Imperfection. It was produced by Walter Becker of Steely Dan uh, Cred, and it did have a Yatsky rating of 54.0. Uh, I remember hearing that and saying, oh, yeah, definitely yacht rock, definitely yacht rock. You know, But the more I live with it, the, to me that's no more yacht rock than, say, Spandau Ballet or Roxy Music. So uh, I still hear way too much sophista pop and new romantic in it. What do you think?
0: Uh, I think I'm going to stick with the the OG's 54. Um, I don't recall that's us talking about that song, other than maybe it was a. It was a long time off ago. The map. Huh? I mean, yeah, I know, a couple of years. Yeah. So, uh, man, I still feel I still feel it. I still All feel the right. yachtiness, and I'm I'm going with it. All righty. Well, then uh, I guess you'll be wrong again. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you talked about, you know, we're going to go back and revisit all of our mistakes. I mean, how long is this episode going to (laughs) be? We might have (laughs) cut that one into two or
1: three parts. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's move on then. Uh, Buried Treasure, shall we? Yes, we shall. Okay, I had posted in one of the yacht rock groups, uh, George Benson's "Lady Love Me One More Time," and my comment on that, which I often refer to that one as being my favorite, Percaro, Jeff Percaro, that is, uh, mm-hmm. groove of all time. And someone posted a comment on that and said, "What do you think about Randy Crawford? That's how heartaches are made." From 1981, the album is not on Spotify, um, but there it is on a compilation. So. Uh, this is That's How Heartaches Are Made featuring Jeff Perkar.
0: Signature Picaro,
1: It is. Like, all over it. It's got the hi-hat pinches in there and the uh, the subtle,
0: like, kick drum action going on. Yep, absolutely. It's kind of a Georgie Porgy sort of groove he's got going on there. Yep. And I've noticed, uh, I don't know why it took me this long to notice, but he, he was a big fan of grooving in a verse, at least at the beginning, where he's not hitting the snare. He's doing, the like, the little rim Yeah, the side clicks. stick. He's big on the side, side stick. stick, yeah. And yeah. then when it kicks into the chorus, you get a little ta-ta, and then it's in. Yep. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Very nice buried treasure there, my friend. Very buried, but very nice, yes. Yes, very nice. All right, I'm going to do something slightly unorthodox for my buried treasure. <laughs> no. This is a song that—the song itself is not a buried treasure. It's a—what uh, you might call a yacht rock standard. Okay. But as many times as I've listened to this song, which is uh, Moonlight Feels Right by Starbuck, uh, Yeah. I get so caught up in the song itself— That I never had a true appreciation for just how amazing the Marimba solo is. (laughs) So, God rest his soul. We have to pay homage to Mr. Bo Wagner, the Marimba player, founding member of of, uh Starbuck. And forget that you're listening to Moonlight Feels Right and only listen to the notes he's playing in the solo, and you will just be amazed. Ready? Let it rip.
1: Bruce, that was first take, Uh, and I've seen him do it live. There are videos out there of him doing it live, not just pantomiming it like a a lip-syncing thing, but actually cutting that thing live. It's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, my gosh.
0: It's so well done. Yeah. So, anyways, you're welcome, everyone, for that. All right. Off the map. Off the map. I'm going to remember we had our game show episode not too long ago, right? Yeah, that was kind of off the map. Yes, (laughs) It, yes, <laughs> but I'm uh, going the other way, actually, is that I am going to give you a little, by the way, I've not received my turtle wax yet. The, uh, I get the turtle wax because oh, I lost. That would explain get all, it. All right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I have a whole lifetime supply and I'm just, you know, I posited on Twitter, how much is a lifetime supply? Yeah. It depends on how many turtles you have, I guess. Anyways. Um, okay. So we're going to play a little game. <laughs> Keep in mind, we are off the map. Yeah, okay. I am going to sort of like not name that tune, but name that band. All right. I'm going to play you a song, a portion of it, and I'm going to stop it, and I'm going to say, all right, name that band. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. have a guess. Okay, what is that? Uh, now, you can play at home, hopefully. What did that sound like to you, dear listener? Do you have a guess? If so, go, say it now before John guesses. John, what's your guess? August Red. No! No, 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 no. Come I'm on, kidding. what's your serious guess? Well, I was...
1: <sighs> I was going to say Blow Monkeys, but I think maybe you've re- you visited that one too many times. But that, that was going to go Blow Monkeys.
0: You're in the vicinity. Okay. So, as that came up on a shuffle the other day. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I don't know this Michael McDonald tune because that voice to me is like, is that like late stage Michael McDonald? It sounds like. And I look at my phone and it's Cutting Crew. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Off their second album. Uh, 1989, I think it was. I actually listened
1: to that, but it was a couple months ago. That album did not hit me like the first one did.
0: No, it's different, but that song in particular has got some like late modern yacht vibes to it. I thought Uh. I was listening to like a Michael McDonald song from 1998 or 2004. Okay. It ends up being Cutting Crew from 1989. So, anyway, fun game. Did anyone get it at home? No? Okay. Okay. On we go. All right. Well, then my off the
1: map is. well, it's, it's off the map more because of the name artist than the people that played on it. The, the artist, the name on the front of the cover of the record is Barbara Streisand. This is. That's sort of her. Yeah. 1979, the album was called Wet, and it's kind of a concept record, all the titles surrounding water in some ways. But uh, here's a little bit of the personnel that's on the record throughout. You got Lukather, Graydon, and Larry Carlton, those are your guitar players. You got David Hungate and Neil Steubenhaus as your bass players. Uh, Let's see, since we've got uh, Michael Boddicker, we've got Greg Matheson on piano, Rhodes and synthesizer, we got Tom Scott, we got Bill Champlin, Tom Kelly, Bobby Kimball, David Foster, Bill Payne, uh, Jeff Percaro, Ed Green, Rick Schlosser. (laughs) I mean, oh my gosh, these names. Anyway, The song I want to feature right now is called Come Rain or Shine.
0: Well, I am not a fan of Babs as a general rule, but that what was going on there—that is so good, it has to be bad for you. It's just so sweet. Yeah, wow. it's um, it's amazing
1: that uh, the producer Gary Klein is a guy who's more associated with adult contemporary, which explains why he's working with Stryzan in the first place. He had done uh, Dolly Parton stuff and Glenn Campbell, but you bring in that group of players and you put them in the studio. Even an AC producer has to sit back and say, I just got to let these guys do what they do. And this is what's going to happen when you put that gang together. You can't help, help itself but be Yachty. Yeah, so I had written down one other note. Okay. And uh, uh, it's one of those things. We'll save something cool for the ending. Um, Jeff Percaro takes that lazy sort of Yachty groove and just sets it on fire here. And I'm going to jump to about the 3 minute and 10 second mark here. Check it out. And those kicks and then that
0: crazy ride cymbal work, man. It manages to do the impossible, which is I'm dying to go listen to the rest of that song. (laughs) And it's a Barbra Streisand tune, but (laughs) mm, amazing. All right. Well, I guess that's it for content for this week. Is that right? I think that's it. Well, we want to remind people to go check out uh, Eddie and Rick at InsideMusicCast.com and check out their station. Uh, they got, a, like I said, a huge library of interviews, if yep. that's the sort of thing you're into. The one thing you will not find or not hear at Inside MusicCast. Yeah, yeah. Ahoy polloi. Ahoy polloi. Oh, let's just-